0: Welcome back once again to the Vince August podcast. We are up to episode six now. We did a a special episode in there. Uh, My rant on the uh, video that went viral with regards to the cat calling. And as a result of those two videos last week, the podcast went up to number 13, news and politics, 550 overall um, with listens in Germany, Holland, Canada, United States, Ghana, Colombia, it was it was amazing to see the podcast get such a positive reaction. Thank you, everyone who's listening. Um, it, it really makes this all worthwhile. Let me dive right in. Political outcomes. Uh, I am going to tell you in this podcast right now who is responsible for the problems in this country, and which people are the dumbest voters. You're going to get that right now from me. I woke up this morning, saw all the results from last night, went immediately to social media, started looking in on what people were tweeting, posting on Facebook, and I was able to determine in about an hour who the real morons are in this country and why we're in the state we're in. If you are a Democrat and you saw the results last night, this morning, and posted on your page how this country took a major step backwards, how people are stupid, how this country is now being run by people who don't care about human rights and civil rights, basically you took the sore loser approach and voiced your opinion in a boo-hoo way and how no one in this country is smart. You are the reason why this country is in the state it's in. You are the moron. You are one of the dumb people in this country, and you are one of the people responsible for the culture in this country that is partisanship. And I'm going to tell you why. Because our electoral process, our voting system, is to give everybody a voice. And what you're saying is, when more than a majority of the people have spoken, and you know what? You still want to call them dumb for choosing what they did. You're a bully. You are now trying to bully people into, if everyone doesn't believe in your side, then they're all dumb. And that's not what this country is. That's not what this country is supposed to be about. This country is supposed to be about, you know what? The election is over. These are the results. The people have spoke. Let's hope and wish for the best. Let's hope and wish the people that did their homework voted the right way for the right reasons, and this is why. And people left those voting booths yesterday, if you see the exit polls, with conviction with conviction as to why they voted the way they did. It was about the government. It was about safety. It was about finances. It was all the subjects were covered. The other person that's responsible for the culture in this society and the the morons in this society that don't know how to vote are the Republicans who posted on the Internet Twitter, Facebook and every other social media, the ha 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 F you President Obama, we are back in charge and basically rather than be the sore loser or the bad winners. because all that happened yesterday was a shift in balance. Nobody has actually won anything until the people take office in January, And start doing their job. But this boo-hoo on one side. And this ha-ha on the other. You are what's wrong with this country. You are the reason for partisanship. You are the reason why this two-party system does not work. And let me give you some statistics. For the people out there that are the Democrats with this boo-hoo mentality. Because that's what I saw a lot of today. First of all, one of the things I saw posted was the, this is the the immediate Democrat reaction. Shame on you for not going out and voting. And a lot of the Democrats feel they lost because a lot of Democratic registered Democrat and Democrat voters stayed home and didn't go to the polls. Well, let me tell you this. If you're a Democrat and your party and the people that belong to your party are too lazy or indifferent to go to a voting booth on election day and vote. That's why I don't want to be associated with the Democrats. And that's one of the reasons why I've never aligned myself with the Democrats. Period. End of story. If that's the way you feel, if you feel, well, you know what? We don't go out and vote as strong. Well, then you, you obviously belong to a losing side. You belong to a side and a group of people that obviously are indifferent to the system. Or are too lazy or are both. And if that's who you've aligned yourself with, think about who you've aligned yourself with. Now, again, this is not a pro-Republican format either because I, I have got a lot of issues with Republicans and the notion that now they've taken over the House and Senate and will now stop Obama from getting things done. So basically... You are cheering a two-year stalemate. And if you're cheering a two-year stalemate, what you're saying is, you know what? I am cheering no movement whatsoever for the next two years. Now, to say that is as bad as, you know, the the other side, okay, not showing up. To vote to stop, you know, now, again, if President Obama was putting through policies that were, you know, uh, so horrific and so bad for this country that we needed this vote to stop all of this from happening. I have to be honest. I, I've been watching this presidency the last two years. I don't think Obama's doing anything. Bad or good. I think at this po- point, what he's doing is just riding out the wave, which is why I hate two terms. I don't like two terms. I don't like a second term. I think the second term, whether it's Reagan, whether it's Clinton, whether it's Bush, is always a disaster. That's where the disaster always occurs because they're not so much concerned about doing what's right or wrong. They're more concerned about their legacy and their speaking engagements post-president. And you know what? Let me not screw this thing up. Let me not put myself in jeopardy. Let me get out of here in one piece and then start setting myself up for life after the presidency. I hate the second term. And I think at this point, basically, all Obama's doing is putting wallpaper over the graffiti on the walls, saying, look, it's fine. Now, there's still graffiti under there. And when the wallpaper peels, we're going to see it again. So this is the problem. But I want to get to some statistics to, to enlighten some people That really are misinformed. And I'm going to go back to the election that created change. This is from the 2008 election results. And I'm going to go to the bluest of blue states. California. California voted for Barack Obama over John McCain. 60.9%. Let's round it up. 61% to 37.3%. And then Nader, Barr, Keys, they got the rest of the votes. Basically, it was 61 37. That's a blowout. Okay? If it's a basketball game, a football game, however you want to break it down, out of 100, 61 37 is a blowout. Absolute blowout. If you look, and right now I'm on the website. Um, with regard to, to get these statistics, if you want to check me, this is the New York times website, Tuesday, December nine, 2008 election results. Okay. So here's what we have. We have a blowout at president sixty one thirty one, the house of representatives. Okay. The Democrats one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34 seats to 6, 9, 10, 34 to roughly 13, 16, 34, 19, roughly i um, doing a quick count here because I don't want to waste time counting during a podcast. I probably should have done that beforehand. It was a blowout. Clear state blowout. 34-19. Okay. Now, also on the ballot, think about how blue California is. Obama crushes McCain. Senate seats blowout. 34-19. On the ballot, same-sex marriage ban. The vote to ban same-sex marriage passes 52 to 48. Think about that. 61% of the people in California, California, as blue as it gets, 61% voted for Obama. It's pretty fair to assume a large percentage of that 61% are Democrats a super large percentage of Democrats, 52 vote to ban gay marriage. If just the Republicans or people that voted for McCain voted to ban gay marriage, that's 37%. Where are the other 15% coming from? The other 15% of the people that banned gay marriage in California by an electoral process came from the 61% that voted for Obama. They're Democrats. Don't kid yourself, people out there. Don't think that 52% of the Republicans voted to ban gay marriage and then 15 switched over to vote for Obama. That's not what happened here. What happened here is Democrats in a Democratic state that were all for change at the president level, and you can call that change Democrat versus Republican, you could call it black versus white, you can call it whatever you want. Bottom line is Democrats voted for the president, their Senate members, and then when it came to same-sex marriage said no. Let's remember this. Let's look around to different states. And I'm going to talk to you about my state of New Jersey. New Jersey in 2010, again, a blue state in 2010, rejected a bill legalizing gay marriage. They rejected the bill. And with regards to the voters, they needed 21 to pass. There were three abstentions that didn't vote. Paul Sarlo, Democrat. Steve Sweeney, Democrat. James Beach, Democrat. Democrats did not vote for it in 2010. So, you know, a, a lot of people immediately presume, assume that Democrat equals civil rights, Democrats equal care for people. Republicans are this evil, anti-gay, anti-civil right. Not so. Not so. So that is why I posted on Facebook yesterday, vote intelligently. Know who you're voting for. Here's another article. Here's another one. HuffPo, November 5th, 2014, in their politics section. Okay. Huffington Post, gay marriage rights. The ten Democratic senators who still say no. Here they are: Senator Bob Casey, Democrat, Pennsylvania, back civil unions but not gay marriage. Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat, West Virginia, continues to back DOMA, and in addition to opposing same-sex marriage. Senator Kay Hagan, Democrat, North Carolina. Here's a quote from that Senator Kay Hagan. Far-reaching negative consequences for our families, our children, and our communities with regards to gay marriage. Senator Bill Nelson, Democrat, Florida. Florida, which is a red state, they're one Democrat, okay? Marriage is between a man and a woman. There's your Democrat. Senator Heidi Heitkamp, Democrat, North Dakota. Senator Mary Landrieu, Democrat, Louisiana. Senator Tom Carper, Democrat, Delaware, opposes DOMA. Senator Tim Johnson, Democrat, South Dakota. Senator Mark Pryor, Democrat, Arkansas. Senator Joe Donnelly, Democrat, Indiana. So, you know, immediately the reaction by a lot of Democrats, by a lot of people I saw that were boo-hoo, boo-hoo, we lost. And we lost because, you know what, Republicans, you're dumb. You don't care about civil unions. You don't care about civil rights. You don't care about people. You know what? Get informed. Get informed before you start spewing that stuff. Because the reason we have gay marriage today in the United States is not because your senators are voting for it. It's because the Supreme Court determined that the rights under the Constitution are violated by preventing same-sex couples from getting married. So, again, what I'm trying to do is inform people and give people factual information about who and what they're voting for and what they think the results mean What the results may actually mean, which we don't really know until these people get to work, but this partisanship that your guy loses, everyone is dumb. You know what? That's a bully's mentality, and that's really a a moronic mentality. It's an uneducated mentality because in the end, you know what? Whether you voted for Barack Obama or not, you call him president. When the country speaks and people go out, and listen, for the people that got off their ass and went out and, vote and voted yesterday, this is the result. For you to say, the country's stupid, people are dumb, now you all get what you deserve. You know what, that's a really bad attitude, and that is the problem with the culture of our country and this Is why we are foolish. This is why we look dumb to the rest of the world. And this is why we are dumb. You are the reason why we're dumb. Because that is an immature way to accept our democratic process. Basically, it's if my guy doesn't win, you're all stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. And the flip side of that, Republicans, calm down. Calm down. There's nothing to gloat about yet. We don't know what these results are going to turn into. Now, I will be completely honest about the way I voted and yesterday was the first day I did this because I'm doing this podcast. I never really counted, I never really took account of the numbers and and what it actually was. When I went in to vote yesterday on the the, the big parties and the and the big votes, I voted 3 Democrats Three Republicans, one independent. And I didn't realize it. I didn't take account of it until the very end. Before I hit the button, I said, you know what? I'm doing my podcast tomorrow. Let me count this up and see which way I went. Three, three, and one. Split right down the middle. Now, I am not in any way trying to tell you that makes me smarter than you. I am not trying to now impose my voting tendencies upon you. What I'm telling you is this. I have been preaching this now for all of the episodes of this podcast and from day one. You know what? I try to gather information about the candidates. I don't care which party they belong to. I don't support either party. I try to find out what I can. I try to find out the key issues for me, how they affect me, because ultimately I'm the, my, it's my vote. It's my vote. And this this notion of... You know what? You have to vote what's best for society in a whole. and in ge- You know what? Yes and no, because in the end, you know what? My financial concerns and my con- concerns about the economy are how the economy affects me. I sure as hell I'm not voting to affect the top one percent because I'm nowhere near that. I'm sure as hell not voting for the people in the six figure range because that's not me either. So I'm going to vote in a way that affects my pocket because, in the end, you know what? You're not voting to help me pay my mortgage. You're not helping. You're not voting to help me pay my bills. Nobody is. So you know what? Yes, I'm voting for me, and I'm voting for the issues that affect me the most. And the the, the issues that affected me the most this time around, financial. I think our economy is in the the crapper right now, and it needs a big boost. So I went in. That was my first concern. And I wanted to see who was more likely to raise taxes. Who was more likely to not raise taxes? Who was looking to cut parts of the budget? Who is litigious in nature and spends a lot of money on lawsuits and is is fighting to get things through rather than trying to negotiate to get things through? And let me tell you, I caught a lot of crap this election period. I actually did a fundraiser for a democrat running for a very important position in new jersey and i did it because i know the individual i know the person he was running against i know that person's policies i saw what that person did over the last four years and quite frankly i didn't like it i saw a need for change and i supported the candidate i supported who belonged to the Democratic Party. Much later on, I was approached by a Republican that said, "Hey, would you do this committee fundraiser for us?" And I said, "I don't I don't do committee fundraisers." I said, "What and who is it for?" And she told me the individual who was it who this fundraiser was for. And I said, "I want to meet the person first." And I met the individual in her office. Sat down with him, had a chance to talk with him, got to know him a little bit, asked him what he did, asked him about his family, asked about the other people involved with this specific fundraiser and said, yeah, I'll do it. And it was a roast. And at this roast, what I did was I got up and made fun of the people there, which is what a roast is. One of the people at the roast went to a message board the very next day and blasted me and said, how dare you guys bring in that comedian who ripped the Republicans and basically made a joke about how we can't win an election if we don't reach out to all different races and all different backgrounds and if we're going to be predominantly white and exclusive and this and that. The person I did the roast for, I find out later on, called that individual and said, you know what? You're an ass. First of all, that person came and did a fundraiser for us. Second of all, the fundraiser was a roast in which he skewered me the most. And you know what? At a roast, everything and everyone is fair game. And if you're offended by what he said, maybe what he said hit a soft spot with you a little too close for home. But you know what? Your post is a disgrace and is everything that's wrong. Now, I found that out later on from the person who asked me to do the roast that you know this individual went for bad for me and I said, I don't need anyone to go to bad for me. But you know what? The fact that he did that just confirmed in my mind that my assessment of sitting with this person for an hour getting to know this person before i just committed to a republican thing was correct so i did a democrat thing and i did a republican thing now mind you is that me playing both sides of the aisle for what what do i have to gain by doing that remember i am the joking judge as they called me in the paper and on the internet i Cannot be appointed as a judge in the state of New Jersey because I chose my entertainment career. So believe me, I'm not lobbying for a new position. This wasn't me trying to get my judge job back. Because the thing that will get me my judge job back is me saying I give up on entertainment. I give up doing podcasts. I give up doing stand-up acting. You know what? That part of my life is over. Then me contacting the people that put me in a position in the first place and say, listen, I'm back. Can you put me in? That's how I would go about becoming a judge again. Not this ass kissing thing on both sides of the aisle. Once again, I support people, not parties. If you're out there and you're a voter and you're a Democrat and you're disgusted because people didn't go out and vote, that's your own party's problems. That's the people that support your party's problems. If you're a Republican and you're gloating, I don't know what the hell you're gloating about. Yes, people want elections. Yes, control has been seized. That is a statement to the government. We don't like the direction we're going. The statement's been made. Now the work starts. Now the work starts. And the work that starts is here is the change we are going to make. Thank you for electing us. Now let's get to work. So that's my election piece. That's The information as to who the smart people are in this country, who the dumb voters are, why we have the culture we have. People accept the results. Move on. Get to know your candidates. Get to know who now represents you if you did not vote for them and become active. That's how you make change. Um, Let's move on to another topic with regards to episode five and um, my rant on everything that was going on with the with the teachers and, and the the sex issues and the dangers in schools, and it's not school shootings, some of the questions I got. Um, one, is there a difference if a female teacher has sex with a male student? Um, do I consider that the same as a male teacher with a female student? And this is a great question. I'm so happy that the person sent in that question. Here in Bergen County, New Jersey, we had a judge, Bruce Gata, who has since passed away. Who I thought was one of the best judges we had in Bergen County. He actually sat in the township of South Hackensack as a municipal court judge, uh, which is the same township I sat in. And I'm very proud to say that I was able to sit in the same court he did as a judge. Honored to say that. That's how much I thought of Bruce Gata as a judge. Gentleman the guy you wanted to see on the bench the guy what person you want to see wear the robe on the bench when you walk into a courtroom because as an attorney as a defendant as a prosecutor you knew you were going to get treated with dignity and respect he got in big trouble when he imposed a 5 year probationary sentence on a female stu- a female teacher who had a relationship with a male student And there was outrage and public outcry because a lot of people were saying, you know what, that's not fair. That's reversed sexism, whatever the hell that means. Um, You're treating the position and the influence different. And all of the people that took that knee-jerk reaction, again, and this is the morons in our society, took it from a perspective of you're treating a female teacher different from a male teacher. And that's not what the rule is. You have to treat them exactly the same. And if you know anything about going to court, again, you are the moron. You are the moron. That reaction to that decision is moronic. It's kind of like the the reaction we're seeing to the results of the elections. The reason Judge Gata made the decision he made about that specific case was because when the victim went to see the psychiatrist— when the victim's statement came out, the victim did not show any signs that this abuse, that this sexual relationship really had an effect on him. So what the judge said is, listen, yes, this is a 16-year-old boy. Yes, this was an adult woman. Yes, this falls under statutory sexual assault. Yes, it's a teacher-student. But I'm looking at this student, and he's okay. There's nothing wrong with him. So I have to take the effect of that into account when making my sentence, putting this person in probation for five years. They're never going to teach again. It's on their record. The conviction is there. This person's got to go get all kinds of help. I don't see the need for prison here. I don't think prison is going to change the situation. It's not going to make the kid any better who's really not showing signs of being screwed up. To me, it's a yes and no. Now, on the one hand, I say no. The female teacher, male student is not the same as the male teacher, female student. Because I think there is a different mentality between the victim. And I think the victim is a differently situated person in the sense of being taken advantage of. Not in all cases. Not in all cases. In the cases that I have seen, that is not a generalized sweeping decision I'm making. I'm telling you, it's yes and no. I'm, I'm riding the fence on this one. I go both ways on this one. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Here's where I, that's where I say no. Here's where I say yes, it is the same when it's a female teacher or a male teacher on a female student or male student. And listen, same thing if it's a male teacher and a male student, female teacher and a female student. Okay. Here's where I go the other way. This is all about position of power. This is about a person in a position of influence on a student. This is a minor. This is a person who does not have the mental capacity. Okay to handle that situation, handle that relationship. And we've seen in certain situations where the teacher actually has fallen in love with the student, which is a whole other type of thing for the, for the adult. But so to me, it's about using that position of influence and power that's problematic for me. So that's where I say, yes, it's the same I say I I take that and tell you, you know, it really needs to be evaluated on a case by case basis. It really does. With regards to crimes in general, I was a defense attorney. Again, just to give you my background, if you haven't listened to the other podcast, I started out as a defense attorney. I worked in a huge criminal defense firm. I got a bout of consciousness, went out on my own. Kept municipal defense work for the most part, had one or two cases in superior court. Um, I was very picky and choosy about my cases. If I didn't believe in the case, I sent it out to another attorney. Um, so I do have a background in criminal defense. I sat uh, up until the time I sat as a municipal court judge where it was all criminal stuff, traffic, um, disorderly persons, petty disorderly persons. I'm going to tell you right now, as a defense attorney, as a judge, as a lawyer in general, there are two crimes I don't get. There are two crimes I cannot really put into my head and ever come to terms with one is anything having to do with molesting a kid, any type of sexual assault between an adult and a minor or two minors where the minor is 16 and the child is 11 and 10 or, you know, I, I do I can't come to grips with that at all. Um, especially when it's an adult and a child I've substitute taught in, a couple of high schools here in Bergen County I've gone and give given lectures at high schools in Bergen County and to me when I see high school female students I'm sorry I'm I they they're kids you know I I know a lot of people say oh you see the way they dress today they dress so provocative no I I don't I'm sorry I don't see it do they dress in a way that makes you question the way they're dressing sure yeah it's an invitation in in a way, but to me, it's an invitation to the kids in their school. It's not an invitation to an adult. I'm sorry. I, what, I all I see is kid in that situation, and I'm going to extend that to college. Um, you know, I, I, if you watch college football, you see college cheerleaders. Those are kids. I'm sorry. I don't. I, you can't look. I'm. You know what? I'm going to take it a step further. There are certain short women. Uh, to me i've i've always dated tall women because to me short women five foot four and and smaller to me look like kids i don't know i i i am i don't understand that attraction i don't understand the attraction to youth like that i i think it's sick i think it's a major problem i i can never come to terms with that crime the other one is animal abuse i cannot come to terms with somebody killing an animal in a vicious way when i see videos of of kids kicking cats and the dog abuse and and dog fighting and and people that are are just cruel to animals abusive to animals I can't let that marinate in my head and people say so wait a minute you mean to tell me you can understand other crimes yes i have to be honest i can understand murder in a heat of passion heat of passion situation you know what if god forbid i had a kid and somebody hit my kid with a car and they were drunk or something like that, you know what? Can I see myself being brought to murder? Yes, absolutely. People say, well, what about being a drug dealer? You know what? If I grew up in a culture and an environment that crime was prevalent and I was not dealt the opportunity to go into a school system and educate myself, and oh, right away you're making excuses. No, 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 no. Trust me, people that are not in touch with that part of the world, okay? There are certain people that are disadvantaged. And the only thing they know is crime. The only thing they know is that side of life. That potential is the only thing that is there for them. So, yeah, I can justify that to a certain degree that this is the this is what the person thought was their only option. Yes, I, you know what? I'm not saying it's right. What I'm saying is I can understand why a person would ultimately move to that place in their life. OK, I understand speeding. I understand DWY to a certain extent, because you know what? Point .08 reading is one drink in an hour. And depending on how strong the person makes the drink, doesn't make the drink. But depending on what you're eating, eating at dinner, depending on your alcohol tolerance, you may not realize where you are. Do I think there should be on every vehicle um, these where you blow in the tube, there's ignition interlock devices. I have no problem with that because I'm not a drinker. I rarely, if ever, drink. So that doesn't really impose on my rights, and I think it makes society safer. Sure, I say equip every vehicle with an interlock device. Go ahead. Fine. Do it. Do it. So, you know, I I, but I understand it. I understand, you know, how people, you you go to a game, you're drinking, you got to sit in the parking lot, wait to wear off, you think it's wore off, and you're a .09. You're a .08. You're right on the line. I get it. Once we start getting into you know double digits, point you know .15 and up, .20, and when I see certain readings, it's like, hey, come on, you were hammered and you drove. You know what the hell's wrong with you? So I can justify a lot of crimes. I can't come to terms with molesting kids and animal abuse. Those are the two that really make me out of my mind. Um, here's another topic I want to cover. And, and this is a brand new topic, and it's completely out of left field. And, and this is something I'm trying to come to terms with in our society. Why do reformed people get more respect in this country from certain groups of people than people that never did something? And what I'm talking about is why does a person who stands up and says, I am 10 years clean and sober— Seem to get big, huge rounds of applause and this unbelievable respect for, you know what, they turn their life around. That's amazing. Then the person who's never drank and gotten to a point of being a drug addict or alcohol abuser, I don't, I can't come to terms with that. You know, and Chris Rock does this great bit on how, you know, people brag, I've never been to jail. Well, that's because you're not supposed to. And, and I love that bit. That's one of my favorite Chris Rock bits. And I, I don't understand why people, and I see it, I'm seeing it a lot now. I'm seeing it in health and fitness. I'm seeing the, I used to be, you know, 300 pounds overweight. Now I eat grass and dirt and train six hours a day. And, you know, I feed off the land and, you know, this is bad and sugar is evil. And this, listen. I I think it's great that you found health. I think it's great, reformed drug addict, that you were able to find your way through that. But I'm sorry. I have a real problem giving you more recognition or props than the person who's always done the right thing. And in this country, for some reason, we tend to give the reformed person some higher level of respect than the person who never did. And I don't understand that. I really don't. And the the problem with that is it starts affecting certain professions. Like I see certain people that are prosecutors who seem to forget they're human beings. They they seem to take this approach that they represent the law and stopping all crime And in order to do that, everyone that comes in front of them is guilty and needs to be punished. And you know what? That's not your job. That's not really your job as a prosecutor. Your job as a prosecutor is the same as mine as a defense attorney, which is to uphold the law and make sure the right result comes out. Not uphold your side of the argument at any cost and this is my fear in society that we you know a lot of these finding religion different things start to dribble into professions and into you know whenever i see people that you know drink the Kool-Aid and get caught up in things i want to say hey listen educate don't preach and there's a fine line between educating preaching and then just bragging and again i see it a lot in fitness the reform people who are now, you know, and and in this country, it seems to be one of two extremes. You're either, you you know, you're not health conscious or you are just absolutely obsessed with working out. And you put your workout up every day on Facebook and on Twitter. And you talk about how great your workout is and and how healthy you are. And, oh, my God, look at my abs. And and this is what I ate today. And here's a picture of my food. And I think it's great that you're healthy. And I think it's great that you found that religion and how it affects you. Okay. But at the same time, do it in a way that's educating people. Because remember, it, you weren't that person all the time. Okay. And there are a lot of people that are more like who you were than who you are now. And that preaching, bragging, almost is now a condescension. And, you know, don't now condescend down to people that. You know, this workout is the best form of workout. This diet is the best form of diet. Okay. This is, you know what? Don't do drugs. You should do this instead. You know, don't drink. Instead of drinking, I now do this. Listen, I think it's great. But rather than take that approach, why don't you take the approach of, hey, listen, you know what? Rather than telling me how great you are, I used to be like you. I know how tough it is to be you. I was there. Here's what I did to change. Not, I was fat, now I'm friggin' awesome, look at me. And every day I'm gonna tell you how awesome I am. That's great. I I think it's great that you made a change in your life. And if you think by telling everybody how awesome that is, that's gonna help them change, I don't think so. I think what you need to do is resort back to who you were. Say how it affected you then and why you made the change. I think that's a little bit of a more positive spin on it. Again, this whole thing, uh, 16 years clean and oh uh, immediate applause, immediate applause. No, no. Listen, here's who I was back then. I didn't like that person. And this is why I was doing the things I was doing. Okay, and let me help you get out of there as opposed to now, nah, nah, I don't do drugs. I don't drink anymore. No, I don't touch the stuff. Oh, you're having a glass of wine? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Or or even like, you know, I see it too with like vegetarians. And I gave up eating meat and pork. I I just do my first choice is always fish, second choice chicken, turkey. That's it. I don't I don't eat pork. I don't eat any type of animal that I consider cute and friendly. And I'm a hypocrite. I always call myself out. I'm a complete hypocrite. Part of it is I'm an animal activist, an animal lover. Part of it is conscious. And and it's, uh, again, I, I'm a hypocrite with regards to it. But, you know, I, I don't preach about it. I don't go out to dinner, see somebody order a steak and say, you know, oh my God, do you know how that animal cried when they put a bolt through its? No, that's not when people say to me, why did you stop eating meat? Is it, you know, a conscious? I say, you know what? Let me just tell you this: since I stopped eating meat, I've never felt better. and I did it during Lent about seven years ago. It cleaned me out. I've never felt better. Part of it is I love animals. I love cows, I love pigs. I love you know different types of animals. I, I don't dislike chickens and turkeys and fish. There are certain game fish I don't I don't touch. Um, but to me, it was a bout of consciousness. This is the decision I made, and really it makes me feel good. It doesn't make you a bad person. You know, listen, right now I'm wearing a leather belt. Okay, so it's again, I'm a hypocrite and I'm saying to the other hypocrites out there, don't if you're going to be a hypocrite, call yourself out on it. Don't all of a sudden become a preacher about it. Don't all of a sudden take this holier than thou attitude and really start to, you know, impose your religion on others. Don't forget who and what you were. And as a society, let's respect everybody the same. You know, just because somebody's reformed, I don't think they deserve any special treatment over the person who never did. I have never taken a drug in my life. Never. I have never smoked a cigarette. I've never taken a hit a pot. Nothing. Nothing. I drink 10 times a year. Most. Most. Always at home. Never out. Um, very rare that I drink. I think I've been drunk a handful of times in my life, my entire life, maybe four or five times. I'm, I i do not have a taste for alcohol. I don't like beer. I don't like wine. Um, you know, I, I I'll have a J- Jameson and ginger with a wedge of lime. That's my drink. Um, I like sweet dessert wines cause I have a sweet tooth. So I, but I don't preach to people, oh my God, drinking's bad for you. You're doing this. You're doing it. I, I don't, I educate people on why I changed. I haven't had soda in years. I can't remember the last time I had soda. I haven't had fast food in years. And people say, oh my God, you're, you're, you're pre-. No, 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 I just, I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good. And ever since I've changed that, my body's changed. My health has changed. I feel better. I have a leg implant. I have 380 discs on my back. And you know what? Eating a certain way has made, affected my entire body. I don't post this crap on Facebook and Twitter in a preaching condescending way. I just Basically live my life my way and when people ask why I try to affect them that way and you know the people out there that find religion it's it's a little preachy and you turn a lot of people off. You know what help people by telling them who you were as opposed to how great you are now. Okay, we all know you're awesome, but why don't you tell us about how you got there as opposed to reminding me how awesome you are where you are. Anyway. Anyway um that's this podcast episode six i think i hit on a broad range of subjects i wanted to mix it up a little bit i wanted to hit some different stuff um if you are in the new jersey area i am headlining hasbrook heights bananas um november 7th and 8th that's this weekend i sold out the shows uh last time in april it was a packed house um it was a lot of fun we had all kinds of you know just great great people showing up um So please, if you can make it out, make it out again. Um, I'm I'm having a ton of fun doing this podcast. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it, but the only way to get it out there is to make sure that people hear it and we spread the word. So please spread the word, the Vince August Podcast. Um, We will be back next week. If something happens in the interim, I'll be back before then with a rant. Let's go out to some Deck 3, as always. John Haber and the guys, and remember, whatever you do, do it well. Do it so well that when people see you do it, they will want to come back and see you do it again, and they will want to bring others and show them how well you do what you do. Love to sign off with a quote by Mr. Disney. Everybody have a great week. Hope to see you at Bananas.